that we're doing this thing. Oh, oh yeah, we didn't do the order. Well, we're just going to start it. We'll, we'll do it live. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Hi, and variations thereof. Welcome to the Selectives Lorecast, a casual Elder Scrolls podcast. Today, most of us have been drinking, and it's going to be obvious. Today, we're talking about Sithis, because why not? Sithis and the uh, and the and the Dark Brotherhood, and probably Shigarath and some other people. Um, I, my name is Chris Nelson, but everybody calls me Rotten Deadite. And um, who wants to go next? I'm Chris uh, Franson, also known as Mojo. I'm Alex Payne. I go by Merlin. Merlin. Uh, I am Putnam. That's uh, my... I'm Joe. Oh, that's Putnam. Still sorry. Fuck. I'm Joe. I'm also Jeroic, and I'm drinking. <laughs> oh, fuck that. <laughs> I'm Nathan, and I'm also known as Mr. Flippers. My name's Luther, also known as Darcius. And is that everybody? I think that's everybody. Nope. I'm Corey. <laughs> oh, hi, Corey. I have a bunch of names, but I'm Corey. Hi. Um, okay. Uh, Putnam went. Okay, good. Um, you switch in and out of mute, like, really, really quickly, so it's kind of hard to tell. Uh, yeah, I know. We're, we're, we're like an ultra, ultra professional here. It's called a casual Elder Scrolls podcast. That casual mm-hmm. is in, it's casual lore. Casual is in, we don't really give a bunch of a rat's ass. Hey! <laughs> yeah, fair play. Sithis, okay. Um, uh, the start of all true houses. Uh, Sithis yada, yada, is, yada. Uh, is considered <laughs> to be the soul of Padme, which is to say that um, Sithis is uh, the Padmeic um, uh, a, a subgradient of Padme, uh, but is also closely, I think it's a, it's a, at the same subgradiency level as, help me out here, Ariel? Anuiel. 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 Thank you. I knew I got that wrong. Okay. Which is to say um, it's nothing but more so than anything else that isn't. Right. So, uh, that's, I like that. That's a good way to put that. Yeah. Okay. Um, so what does, okay. So now the first thing I want to get out of the way is something that is probably going to solve a lot of problems. When people think about Sithis, they get very confused because there's a lot of seemingly conflicting information. The fact of the matter is the brutal truth of it is, is that what Sithis is or who Sithis is varies depending on who's writing it. Sithis is just math, bro. Yeah, it's just math. (laughs) Could you explain that Cody, please? (laughs) I thought that was the point of this whole exercise. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's uh you 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 so so during this podcast we're going to talk about Sithis in ways that seem to be completely different. Um, which is just kind of how it goes. They they haven't really nailed down the Sithis myth uh at Bethesda yet. Uh although if you go by the last two games, I guess probably we could probably safely agree that Sithis is kind of like a sort of a Death-centric sort of devil character, kind of. Um, As worshipped by the Dark Brother. Do we really yeah. want to? Yeah. Well, well, Kirkbride says that uh, when to. he was writing Sithis, he considered to. Sithis to be the embodiment of um, of misan- misan- um, misanthropic Mis- emotion. Misanthropy. Misanthropy. Like so, I would like to talk about uh, uh, like what Sithis is to us. But I think right now we should just go into uh, what what others believe Sithis is. So right now the Sithis is the Void. It is the Death, or at least that's what you're talking about with the Skyrim. Right. Uh, so, yeah. A sort the of uh, an absence death. of everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
and and to to fill that and to um uh, uh to match that void the dark brotherhood who claim to worship sithis or the night mother or maybe both or maybe they're both the same thing um say that uh, uh that that killing things killing people on contract is how they um spread the will of sithis if 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 nothingness has a will uh which i always thought was an interesting contradiction but um yeah what I would like to mention is that the Dark Brotherhood does not directly go against the concept that Kirkbride's concept of Sithis, which is that um, by going out and allowing people to hire contract killers that always succeed in almost supernatural, you know, regularity, um, they are in fact encouraging people to hate each other, to um, to to cluster and avoid uh, culture or you know uh, the, the public in general. Um, so is so that the two don't necessarily uh, go against each other at that point. But uh, it, the more you talk to people in the Dark Brotherhood and the more you read Dark Brotherhood material in, in other games that have happened ever since Morrowind, it seems like that, you know, that kind of starts to fall to the wayside a little bit. Well, I think it's, um, it's very telling uh, that in, in all the games, uh, wherever the Dark Brotherhood is involved, they always wind up killing each other by the end of it. yeah. That's not, can't be a coincidence. Violence always turns in order. Uh, if I may, according to the logs from MK's prolific IRC chats uh, a year and a change ago, um, according to actually you, uh, Rotten Deadite, Sithis is, MK's quote is, is the complete and utter misanthropy, and it's the start of all houses because it makes men divide from each other, and the Dark Brotherhood fits in by dividing men from each themselves with weapons and death and all that so oh, yeah, there it's you go. almost sort of like the dark brotherhood is a really creepy church in that while they're still doing the spiritual work for which they were founded the set of sacrosanct rituals they perform has morphed into its own thing that isn't really at all related to what they started out to do so the purpose is still there it's just their individual actions and interpretations of it are kind of skewed and have been taken well, what, over by a papal figure, the Night Mother, rather than the actual spiritual figure. So, yeah, well, then, what did the Dark Brotherhood start off to do, then? Um, I don't remember the history that well, but they, weren't they, they were, just the Morag Tong outside of Morrowind? They were spun off the Morag Tong mm, after, the, uh, yeah. after they assassinated the Akaviri potentate. Mm. And, this, and, uh, I kind of feel like... Um, Go, Nathan. Oh, well. Mm. Yeah, I kind of feel like the um, Dark Brotherhood is sort of like the natural progression of the Morag Tong that the Morag Tong wouldn't allow themselves to get to because they operate to keep Morrowind in a way that it won't the house the great houses won't be at open war, so the country will still be okay relatively. And the yeah. Dark Brotherhood just they just take they just take contracts because they take them, and it's accessible to anyone for any reason. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And interesting. Yeah. I would say that's I would say making it more accessible. Expanding on that, the the Dark Brotherhood is is very much a cult like organization of Sithis worshippers and and mm -hmm. the, the, their night mother or or Mithala or whatever you want to get into with with that's a whole other table. Um, yeah. mm -hmm. But whereas the Morag Tongue is very business like when you're dealing mm -hmm. with them. That is true. Yeah, it's they have legal documentation and everything. Yeah, we have a job to do. Let's do it, and it's all sanctioned by the government. And 
where it seems like the the Dark Brotherhood is a, a more extremist uh, religious sect, almost. Almost uh, a conservative moron tongue, if you would. Yeah. Uh, well, for those you got something? Yes, sir. If I may, like... Not to keep with the Catholic metaphors, but, but full disclosure, <laughs> I am Catholic, so I know this pretty well. Uh, it seems a lot like the Morak Tong are sort of a monastic order in that they do the work they're supposed to just for its own sake, and they're following closer to the spirit of it, whereas the Dark Brotherhood are basically selling indulgences. And if, if you need something done that they provide, mm. it's yours for money. It's, it's not a spiritual thing anymore. It's a business contract. That's masked in spirituality, whereas the Morai Tong seems to be more legitimately defined and institutionalized, but they're not as they're still following the strictures of the religion as well as the individual auspices of like their actions. So, sure, Mind, pretty good. Mind if we talk about wild theory time just for a second? Can I do the ESO question that's like directly related to? that first because i haven't played eso and i'm wondering if something's in it regarding the shadow skills and how the argonian assassin order basically does sithis stuff like are they in that at all are they mentioned yeah they are continue with the evolution of religion line that we're kind of chasing right now definitely definitely a strong connection drawn between the argonians and sithis uh, all throughout eso and I believe the shadow scales appear at one in, during during one of the quests directly. Yeah, they uh, do. The whole, the whole cadre yeah. of them in several. Um, I can't find anything on USP about it. Yeah, how does ESO treat uh, shadow scales? By the way, because I know there is that whole deal with um, the idea is meant to be every single Argonian born under the shadow is meant to be with them or something. But I don't know if uh, ESO handles it that way, which. Is um, a way that I know a lot of people don't like. You meet you meet a whole gaggle of them, and they ruin some shit. Yeah. Pretty concise. Essentially, they're like brought up together as egg siblings, and they're kind of like the special forces of whatever central government is controlling the Argonians at this time in the pact. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they're kind of yeah. Um, I mean, more in terms of like evolution of religion, because we're talking about the Morag Tong, like, and how that evolved into the Dark Brotherhood by like differing interpretations of the religion over time and different interpretations mm-hmm. of how to worship Sithis over time, et cetera, et cetera. Like, I'm wondering if the Shadow Scales sort of like continue along in that line and have some way of interpreting the, the being or non being of Sithis and how they get sent a tribute to the Dark Brotherhood by the time of oblivion. Uh, personally, like, because of the hist being from the previous stream and having known Pat Home and Anu from that one, I've actually always sort of assumed that the Shadow Scales know the Pat Home prior to us, basically. So, like, he's a backstabbing, violent person, and so the Shadow Scales do similar things. And then, so they get that information from the hist, so they're not worshipping so much Sithis as old Pat Home. And following in his footsteps, and then just in the little mundrial details, mm-hmm. they wind up working with the Dark Brotherhood. Just it's more of a their interests align, and as part of the whole telescoping Pat Home thing, whereas they're st- like in, their individual interpretations are different because they're actually 
on an entirely different idea of what Pat Helm and if there is a Sithis in the Twelve Worlds might be. Mind if I bring up the uh, the Vivek theory between the Morag Kong and Dark Brotherhood? Yeah, I don't remember who originally. I don't remember who originally uh, stated it, but it was. I'll take credit for that. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll, I don't know if it was me, but I'll, I'll say it was me. Okay, <laughs> but uh, the point is, is that it's so it's so good it can't be lore at this point. Um, essentially, yep. when Vivit came to Godhood, he needed the Morag Tong. He needed the Morag Tong, and. They were loyal to Mephala, so he made his own Morag Tong, where he's Sithis, and the Night Mother is... Uh, he was the Night Mother. Yeah. No, no, there was the, the, like, hundred hands and, like, hundred murderous sons or whatever thing. Uh, so I want to say Sermon 22, but I'm not sure. Because, uh, and then, like, apparently gave him the Sithis. Uh, I'm looking now, hold on. Uh, I th- if if you remember the twenty two uh, lore in uh, Oblivion, essentially Sithis impregnates the Night Mother. Night Mother has a bunch of sons, and she murders them all, and then they carry on. Right. Kind of. Okay, so Vivek met, murders all of his kids. Yeah, but there's also you actually meet this you actually meet a Night Mother. So, well, you meet. Yeah, you meet a corpse that is uh, talking. No, wait, no, you meet you you meet the ghost in, in Oblivion, and then in, right in Oblivion you meet the ghost, Skyrim, right? But you never meet the Night Mother when it's alive. I'm perfectly willing to say that, Vivek, that Vivek is just speaking through like a spirit or a ghost or or the corpse or something like that. That's perfectly. Personally, I think I think it's Mephala. That which could work. Mm-hmm. Although the reason that Vivek could be the Night Mother like so convincingly is because he is so similar to Mafala. So but yeah, he was trying to usurper position. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he made yeah. his own. Didn't he already usurp her position by becoming the like Lord of the Moritan or whatever? Like the well, he, the, Vivek the may have Mephala. become the 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 may have uh, usurped uh, Mafala temporarily while Z was still a god. But as the 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 power of the heart of Lorcan seeped away from Vivek, you could argue that you know the the power shifted back to Mafala. Um, it's possible that Vivek might well have been the leader or the soul of the Morag Tong or the, of the Dark Brotherhood for a length of time and isn't anymore. And now it's Mafala again. But I, I, I feel like, like, like at some point when Vivek took when Vivek took the mantle of Mafala and the Morag Tong, Mafala needed new lunar currency. So she decided that the Night Mother's corpse was a nice way to uh, make that happen. Yeah, sure. That could work. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's fair. I like it. Yeah, I've always been a fan of Vivek and the Morag Tong over Vivek uh, being in the Dark Brotherhood. I, either because. I I like that more, or I just like being a subversive asshole. Um, <laughs> but I thought the theory was that he was part of both. Yeah, it's just what yeah. the way I see it is that Vivek established the Dark Brotherhood to do the Morag Tong stuff, but be loyal to him, and then he discovered Kaim and abandoned them because he didn't need them anymore. That's just oh. That's just, no, he, 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 well, it depends on where you envision Vivek getting Chim. 
it's either, I mean, is it before, is it in Sermon 14? As we all know, was when he first heard about it? Or whenever when he first heard the yeah. word for it. Right. Yeah. Or was it not like yeah, in 36 when Omsavi finally forms together to form the giant Ultron robot to fight Animidium? Or there's a lot of there's a lot of places in the 36 lessons that you can argue. Like, I mean, I would say that probably spiritually speaking, it should have to happen after he kills his last son. But that doesn't happen until he kills Darabar. Yeah, it's very unclear when he was meant to have achieved Kim. Well, yeah, so, uh, the way I look at it, for, Sermon Four's thing is not like a, you don't have to be a ruling king. Yeah, exactly. A ruling king doesn't have to have Jim. It's that like a ruling king doesn't even have to complete a walking way. It, it's mm. just it just means that you're a person of power. I'm mm. just saying though, when he discovered Kaim, he yeah. abandoned them because I look at time in the Elder Scrolls series as a bunch of little strands of string twisted together, and. Right. Mm-hmm. A bunch, of, you know, linearity in the Elder Scrolls series is doesn't exist. Hey, you know, joke. yeah. <laughs> Especially <laughs> when you have medium. So did it happen <laughs> in Sermon Thirty Six, or did it happen in the other sermon? Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. Yes. I mean, you got the Dwemer and Vivek, the medium, all that involved, sort of in this. So it's a bit confusing. Confused, sorry, not confusing. It's by the nature of it that it's a yeah. mess. Yeah. Anyway, um, back to, to, to move uh, away back from to like the Dark Brotherhood and all yeah. that. Yeah, I have a, a thing here of like kind of since we've been talking about Sifis kind of as the death god, Dark Brotherhood interpretation. I'm thinking, um, I'm looking at a line from the monomyth now Sithis is the corrupting, inexpressible action. And now there's that whole spiel about how he's basically the original creator is the word used here because his action against Anuliel's kind of stasis is what causes the gray maybe to start. And I feel like we could probably kind of work with that more as kind of the opposite to the death thing from a second ago. It's always been my assumption that um, that Lorcan was the person was the entity that came up with the idea of the gray baby. It's entirely possible you could suggest that Sithis well, is like the, existence. Yeah, wrong word. Well, yeah, it, it's just Lorcan thing that Lorcan did it along with Sithis. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. Well, Sithis because, as the original creator is like the, he started the impetus for the whole thing, and Lorcan made the actual thing itself. Okay. Yeah, yeah. because Sithis as change. Well, because before that, there was really nothing, and so change of nothing is something. Yeah. And then right. once there is something, Sithis now being this death god is the opposite of this something, which is life, and then trying to take that away. Oh, so he's not action so much as reaction. Yeah. Yeah. yeah a little, would yeah. Sure. Cool. Sithis is nothing? Um, I so don't know if Sithis is nothing. Yeah, well, nothing, nothing. well, you can't have a pure nothing no, anymore nothing. after you get past yeah, Anum Academy. Yeah. So, yeah, of course it's yeah. not nothing. So it seems like Sithis no, is more some sort of contrarianism. In I have an idea of what it might yeah. be. I mean, you look at the new or anyway, MBL and his stasis, you look at Sithis, and he's supposed to be changed, which means that he's split stasis. He's, well, as we call him, math. That's why we call him math, because he split stasis. He makes stasis uh, into other things. He makes this this whole pure object into things that are different from one another. He removes that's why he's not. He removes the uh uh the other descriptive uh 
elements of objects, I guess. I don't know mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say exactly. I've I've got I've had this idea in my head for a while, but I can't really put it into words very well, you know? His, like N V L is all possible nouns, mother, your father, he's all objects and everything. But that's why he is he's everything. And then when you say Sithis is not, you're saying that Sithis removes those that everything, that all those possibilities and basically collapses it into one point. Luther, have you have have you read Carl Jung's Seven Sermons to the Dead? I have not. Okay, pick that up and read it because it's uh, it, 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 it Carl Jung talks a lot about um, uh, geez, in chapter one, sermon one, actually about uh, the pleroma, which is uh, the some the nothingness or fullness. We name pleroma, therein both thinking and being cease, since the eternal and infinite possess no qualities. In it, no being is, for he then would be distinct from the pleroma and would possess quanti- qualities which would distinguish him as something distinct. Oh, okay. I yeah. think that's where you're I, headed I got this idea of the Upanishads, actually. So the Upanishads <laughs> talks a lot about this, too. It's, it's just a mis- mysticism sort of thing. I didn't know that Carl yeah. Jung was a mystic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, we're going to you check it out as well. Yeah, he wasn't always, but he's a big, he was a, he, yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and thanks for the link. Uh, I'll try to remember to link that in the uh, in the description of this YouTube video. Um, it was the first thing I banged, I'll be honest. It's just, yeah. Oh, doing seven sermons shows up. It's really relevant to a lot of 36 lessons, uh, metaphysics and so on, because it's really relevant to a lot of Western metaphysics. I mean, you can't really, I mean, it's, it, it's a, it hits in all the big beats, you know? Oh, and guess whose iPad crashed again. Uh. Um, okay. So let's talk about the connection between Sithis and, uh, Shirgorath. Well, it's, it's said, uh, Shiagorath is the Sith who told uh, when Lorcan, yeah, when Lorcan's heart was removed. Um, so, that, <laughs> so you know, there's been a lot of uh, talk, especially uh, with the Shivering Isles expansion for Oblivion. <laughs> um, you know, with this type of madness involved with um, maybe Padmeic. Um, ideology, um, it, which makes sense if you kind of take into account the uh, uh, the entropy aspect um, of Sithis and what's more chaotic than a crazy person. Uh, well. That's my that's my spiel because I'm going to start now. So my thing, and I'm going to use sort of this uh, this little note that got left here in the chat. Um, and along with a lot, some stuff in the monomyth. So you've got Sithis being the sum of all limitations Anuil would utilize to ponder himself. So let's start with that. With limitation and a certain of actions to take or a finite mortal mind or whatever. And Okay, I'm also trying to track the chat at the same time um, and been drinking. So, skipping ahead a bit. So, you have Jigalag, who is order, and you notice that Dias, when you talk to Dias in Shivering Isles, he's very determinist, 
and very like kind of, you know, everything is can be mathematically calculated, et cetera, et cetera. So when you bring in Shea Gorath, who is madness, the madness also sort of translates into the antithesis of the determinism, which is free will. But you can't have free will without limits because then there's no decision to be made if you have no limits. So therefore, Sithis is necessary, which is made in Sheogorath and Lorcan, because in my opinion, the creation of the mortal world was there to allow for the limits that are needed for free will. Yeah, that's kind of that makes sense. It, uh, it's it's always been my it's always been my assumption that um, that the Anuic forces can are the limiting factors in any um, in any combination. Yeah. Well, I don't know because so. I'm looking here for the line first off with Sithis as the sum of all limitations, and one of these Lorcan a nature, so he could never last long. Anywhere, and sort of just taking that work of just like with these limitations, you have both the responsibility and the ability to make the decisions yourself, and then jiggle it. I don't. It's all mathematically calculable, and it just happens. And there's no and you don't choice have to at all. Have a say in it. Yeah. Right. So basically what I'm saying, that's that's the relationship. Free will is the relationship, in my opinion, between Sheagorath, Lorcan, Jigalag, and Sithis. And it's these four things sort of working together. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that worked. I like it. <laughs> so again, um, tracking the chat. I'm reducing the number of like it. tracks in my brain. <laughs> Just stream consciousness, said bro. Don't, yeah. don't get <laughs> uh, let's see. Yeah, we were just in chat. We were we were also trying to track the idea of linking Sithis to the hunger that drives um, the Tzaiski. Uh, yeah, and and also generally speaking, the Kelpic cycle. Um, well, I'm thinking more like Sakatal. Yeah, the hunger just hung out. In the like period. as soon as I see hunger. As soon as I see hunger, I immediately think Sakatal. And like, mm -hmm. where? Because isn't Sakatal supposed to be both Anu and Padme at the same time? So yeah, it's sort of, kind of messes with the whole system. And he's driven by hunger. I don't know if he actually is the. Yeah, hunger. I don't know either. Akel, Akel is hunger. I have the other thing open. Akel's yeah. hunger attack so the opposite of that. And then Setek Echel is both of them. Right. Mm. Yeah. So which which one corresponds? The hunger is the one that forces the action. And if Sithis is the, you know, inexpressible corrupting action, then I would think right. it's the hunger, but I feel like that's too easy. Yeah. yeah. You're right. It might be a little too easy. So, um... This, so, because so the withdrawal... Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. That was it. <laughs> okay, so to draw a line between Sithis as a Padmaic entity and Shiogorath is pretty easy. But if but if Sithis if Shiogorath was created after Lorcan's death, what can what kind of parallels can we draw between Shiogorath and Lorcan? Well, Lorcan is a, a representation of limit, so he's 
the limiting factor. He creates limit, creates mortality, creates everything. Uh, Shergorath is the synthesis shape full of limit. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. So is he opposite or is he? Yeah. Well, Shergorath's existence also kind of serves to not only impose limits because of uh, mental afflictions and all that, but if we go with the fact that he's supposed to be attributed to the creation of mortal music and all that, he is the transcendence of these limits as well, because you can't break a rule if you don't know that it exists. Like, that's pretty much the first thing we've ever been taught in my college courses is, we're going to teach you these rules of various sciences and whatever, and then we're going to break them, in. but you can't do that until you know what the rule is. So like with Sheogorath, mm -hmm. it doesn't make any sense for insanity to exist in an environment where there are no known rules. So Sheogorath has to both provide the rules and then break them in order for him to exist as he is. And well whereas, like <laughs> um, Jigalag, Jigalag didn't know what the rules were and he didn't break them. He just wanted everything to stay put because he couldn't break any rules if he didn't know they existed. And then it just... Nothing moved. That's what that transformation was. He, yes, he wanted to create rules, but he never could create good ones, I think. He just kept trying to enforce it, and it all went to hell, and that's why they yeah. made him into yeah, Shea Gorath. That, that I would totally buy, yeah. yeah. Mm, I'm losing Joe. Is anybody else losing Joe? Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, hold on. Hey, Matt. If you can hear the words mathematically calculable universe, you can get it. Yep. That doesn't okay. exist once Lorcan creates the gray maybe because then everything is maybe. I don't think right. I'm confused right. on my right. monomyth. So I don't think he created the gray maybe. I, I thought he was born well, of okay. it. I might just be missing I'm, No, I'm missing I might be missing terms or I might be skipping things in my head. When Lorcan made Nern and Tamriel and that. Mondas, yeah. There was, yeah, there was free will to be had and decisions to be made. Therefore, the universe wasn't mathematically calculable. So Jigalag just couldn't work. He was no longer a functioning god because he was wrong. So mm -hmm. he became Sheogorath and sort of the most radical change in divinity in order to fit and to maintain relevance in a world that had changed was Jigalag into Sheogorath. When there was no free will into there is free will. Yeah. Um, Maybe that's a good point. Just that, uh, I was, that, that's a good point. Just how does that tie into the um, main myth that we're told that is the Daedric princes ganged up on him and forced Jigalag into being Sheogorath. Because I really can't find a mythic like. reason for that to be true. Hmm. Like, I can't find a way well, that fits into everything else. Well, I know that he says it right well, up, but I, I can't just, really fit that with the rest of the world as I see it. So I'm trying to... Yeah. I don't know. I mean, if it could make sense. He was the strongest here. If, um, yeah, if it wasn't the... Yeah, if it weren't for that one fucking line. But... <laughs> no, if it wasn't the Daedric, that maybe instead the Adric, then it could work because the Adra are what made Mondas, and therefore I guess Jigalag going insane into Sheogorath, maybe. Well, um, it might be that when Mondas was created, that had effects on all of Orbis. Like it, yeah, it before creation, Orbis was just a solid gray deant, uh, if, 
you will. Um, and then when it was created, Ethereus went uh, full on white, Oblivion went full on black, more or less, and Mundus went colorful. And I would have, it possibly, Jigalag resisted this and wanted everything to go back to being just grays. And um, the Magna Gay were not in a really position to do anything about that because they left. And the, <laughs> the um, other Daedric Princes, Jigalag was threatening their realms and their ability to have their self-contained worlds by insisting that everything go back to homogeneity and the gradient. And that would be why they we had the line about them attacking him and forcing him to accept the new reality that he was unwilling to do so prior to that. Mm, I funny, guess. funny that you bring up the color remark because I've just looked up, because uh, it's been a while since I played Shivering Isles, I just looked up uh, Jigalag and he is nothing but gray. His yeah. entire character model is gray, and I just his crystal suits are gray. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Obelisk is gray. I finished it a couple weeks ago. I'm just replaying the whole series, and yeah, it's just thing all the time. So it's like kind of the pre-world, just kind of the pre-world stuff. Yeah, there you go. I don't know if this is on screen, but yeah. Um, I assume it's showing up whenever I talk, but I'm just looking for images of Jigalag. And yeah, there's there's no color yeah. in him. So yes, my rats about more this color were right. Uh, you go to yeah him. I think I don't know. I was I was I was viewed him kind of as order, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, I like that theory. Still needs some. I'm talking, I'm talking, I'm talking. Uh, so yeah, that theory, okay. that theory about that theory about Jigalag and Shigarath and like that theory's my general opinion on it is that Jigalag kind of can't exist in the world as it is because yeah. it's not just like deterministic and numerical. It's chaotic, it's weird. It's fucking Tesla, man. Yeah, <laughs> to keep it to exist, and they've had to break him out of that. But otherwise, Jigalag. You, which... you guys remember uh, Jigalag's great library that yeah. had everything that could ever happen. Was in a dude. Yeah. Yeah, but then it's it's wrong because Dias yeah, actually says that. Oh well. Uh, well, you weren't supposed to actually do that, and you did it anyway. So fuck yeah, him so... right off. Essentially, yeah, I view I, Shea Gorath as a personification of free will, almost to the point here. because he enables people to literally make their own um, realities within their heads. That's what. Yeah, he's just the is. furthest extreme of free will. Of yeah, free will. He's, he's furthest extreme, and Jigalag is the calculable unfree will, where he's fate. Mm-hmm. He's essentially fate. He's yeah. determinism, or maybe more as fate. I think it's a very pretty semantic difference. Yeah, so didn't his library contain every possible outcome based on certain uh, numerical values or something? Something like that. Really? That, yeah. um, that's what they said. Yeah. That's, that's what Dias claims. And he was wrong because it didn't contain you. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's significant, though. The hero as a Un, as an unsure spot. Yeah, it's the, yeah, the hero's letter cool. written uncertainty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, we're bringing that one in. 
And then so certainly, well, no. From, from all this description, <laughs> it's contrary than uncertain. There's <laughs> <laughs> something in the chat. <laughs> drunk past drunk podcasting is hard, guys. Yeah, it is. We should it's talk about how far we, we should talk about how far gone. <laughs> be the, the best one ever. That's what that's what we should do for the true STL cast. We should talk about yeah. we should have a far goth cast. The far oh, like, yes, yeah. I want it. I am down. I was I was thinking mm, myself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> prince of minor inconveniences, but uh. I'm trying <laughs> very way, hard um, to get my brain back back up in the mix. <laughs> I've yeah. always been slightly confused. Um, Go back to Sheogorath a bit. The term Sithis shaped hole. How do you have nothing shaped itself like nothing? Well, nothing. something I was, mm-hmm. I was just thinking about. A hole is nothing. Uh, this asks only for itself, which is nothing. A hole isn't nothing. A hole is just an absence yeah. of matter, but holes still exist in and of themselves. But it's a hole in reality, isn't it? Like, yeah, all sure. reality. Yeah. Shea Gorath isn't. Again, so we don't have to deal absolutes. It could just be a metaphor. Uh, in you a think? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's still way. worthy to get meaning out of it, to get some meaning out of meaning out of a metaphor. It seems like maybe it's just an epithet, but epithets usually have meaning too. Well, if I had to guess, I'd say it's not that Shea Gorath is just an. Absence or an emptiness, as far as what a hole could mean, but like a conduit, like Magnus is a hole through which light flows, yeah, or a sink, a repository into which all things flow of their own accord. So, like, change flows towards him and back from him, I guess, depending on how you look at the hole and where it's positioned. I I always took it as as uh, Shiagorath being the the. Yeah, the, the passage or the conduit through which that Sithisian chaos flows into the Arbus. Yeah, but like the sun that's is a magnet hole in the world. Like that's literally what it is. So <clears> not, <throat> I'm not saying that's all Shagorath is, obviously, because he's outside the world in a, his own entity and all that, whereas the sun's just a scar tissue. But it's yeah. certainly one of the things it can be. Well, I tend to go with the limitations thing more, where uh, the Sithish they told, again, the limitations that are required for you to have to make decisions. I was thinking about, uh, just a couple minutes ago, um, in regards to Sheagorath and the Sithish-shaped hole, um, there's this idea, Adada Adra, Eat the Dreamer, um, which kind of details Akatosh's madness um, and the root of that madness. And I was kind of thinking in my head, um, the whole, to, to sum it up in a couple words, it's this uh, definition of Akatosh representing I am and Lorcan representing I am not and the mm-hmm. maddening, um, you know, tr- trying to make sense of that um, is, is utterly maddening. And I was thinking that perhaps that madness sprouts with Lorcan's death, his sundering, um, which would be a Sithis-shaped hole in his heart. And the madness of having a part of yourself dying, as Akatosh and Lorcan are 
you know, connected to the same umbilical same, cord. The same twins yeah. are the or, orbrilical. That's a orbrilical cord. Nice. Orbrilical. Um, having a part of you die, literally, you know, not it just being metaphorical anymore, one literally being I am and one literally being I am not, they are dead and trying to reconcile that. And I think that's where Shiagorath might come in as that Sitha shaped hole that Akatosh feels in his heart. Yeah, and Akatosh's insanity is self-contained, except for Dragon Breaks. Nobody else ever experiences that. Whereas with Sheogorath, everyone experiences his insanity because he's a hole in the world that Akatosh doesn't have. Dagoth Ur experienced yeah, Lorcan's yeah. insanity pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Lorcan's, uh, Lorcan's, yes. Uh, Akatosh's, uh, I don't think, uh, not so much. Yeah. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. By the way, um, Pelinal. Yeah. Remember? Oh, oh Pelinal. Yeah. Yes, good. That's I true. Anyway, always I agree entirely with uh, with uh, with with Franzen. So, yeah. Kind of ironic how a lot of the robots seem to be so patamaic, despite robots usually be considered something very ordered normally. Well, well the problem is that Anu and, Anu and Padme, when you stand back and look at Anu and Padme, they're, they're uh, practically identical. I mean, <clears throat> it's... Well, that, isn't that the whole point? The, the dichot- yeah, exactly. It's just, that's just the way but shit is, you know? They're one unit. Without the other one, the other is pointless. Cannot exist. Yeah, it's right. the same with, like, freaking, like... Talos and the Underking and all that stuff and, you know, Anu Padme, Akatosh Lorcan. Without the other one, it's just a pointless individual that has no purpose. And Flipper's crashed. Yep. Again. That's like the fourth time. It's so, those oh, toilets flushing in the wrong direction, I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fucking conspiracy. <laughs> I don't know. They don't seem to like this thing very much. And he's back. Sunday, we got fix your toilet, flippers. It's because he keeps dropping it. He's falling over so many times. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. Just real quick before we completely dissolve into talking about whatever the hell's on the top of our heads, does anybody have anything else they want to mention about so this? Yeah, yeah, check, um, check my notes again. Cody, this is your cue. Uh, I was going to say. I think we um, went over math, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Yeah. Yeah, so I think. Uh, Maybe now's a good time to bring up, or at least someone, hint, Deadite, um, talk about how one of Sithus's names is, which is P-S-J-J-J-J, and um, how we have the, yeah, how we have the, the Sigic order, the Sigic path, I think, and that whole deal. Well, okay, the Sigic order that. is not the same thing as as Sig, P-S-S-J-J-J-J. Um, it's supposed to be the sizzling note of the the first sound of the creation of the universe. Um, it's I thought it was not, just a representation of the unpronounceable. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's supposed to be unpronounceable, but the 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 first sound of the universe is supposed to be unpronounceable. But the best approximation is that is the word sizz. If you can imagine, it's sort of like a sizzling, like staticky noise. It's sort of like you know, Buddhists have the om kind of sound of the. The you know or Hindu I think I don't know one of them. Um, and, uh, uh, when I lived Hindu, in a Buddhist temple, it wasn't on, it wasn't ever said there. So yeah. Um, so it's uh, uh, but um, the Sijic order are um, as far as I understand the reason why they're called the Sijic order was because um, some writers at Bethesda basically wanted to make sure that nobody tried to cram the D and D psychic equivalent in. And so they just sort of like grabbed that name really fast as soon as possible to seal off like all the AD&D references. 
Then there's um, the Endeavor, which is an unrelated concept. With right. Have the exactly. Civic Order and ever actually attempted the Endeavor? Like, I've never been clear on that. It seems to me like they could, but I don't know if they will. And also, I'm not entirely certain what the Sigic Air uh, Endeavor is yet, but I can tell you that it's different from the promise of the Sig, which is a whole other thing. The yeah, promise of the Sig is the evolution of of a of a of a uh, a being in from a uh, from an egg into a god, which is what uh, uh, Vivek does supposedly in the 36 lesson. There was a mention of Sothasil teaching Sigics in 2920, but that's in universe fiction, right. so it's not really. That's distinctly possible just because he's fucking yeah. Sothasil. True. Well, there are there are a couple yeah. of other collaborating sources that say that Sothasil is a Sigic mage. Yeah. yeah. So, um, which which fits just fine for Sothasil. I sort of assumed he was one of those guys who goes around collecting certifications, you know, like he's MCSE and he's CISSP and all this other kind of crap, you know. I mean, he's just got a buzz, he's just got plaques on his wall, you know. And uh and, yeah, um, but uh, but uh, the 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 fact that Sothasil um, teaches Sigic, um, uh monks doesn't like it, it. It could make him a Sigic a Sigic monk. He could make him a Sigic mage, but that doesn't necessarily limit him entirely to the realm of alteration, which is what the Sigic mages deal with primarily. Um, yeah. uh, uh, and and and, the, and thematically, the fact that they deal with entirely with alteration is it works really well too because. That's kind of what the 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 um, what Sithis does. Uh, the altars. Yeah, yeah, but it uh, but it it's 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 because the Sigic Order admits that they have an interest in the Padmaic forces of the universe. That's kind of you know like that's Padme's thing. So yeah. Yeah, it's it's just a thing that you really have to bring up because even though they're very they're very close to the Somerset Isles, they are very 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 not similar to their culture or their views. Mm-hmm. Which is very a new, uh, pro a new at least. Whereas they're not quite along those lines. Well, um, okay. Well, actually, you know, shit. Anything else? <laughs> and then mysticism, not uh. Oh, is it is it mysticism and not alteration? Yeah. I'm sorry, you're right. You're right. It's mysticism. You're right. I got that wrong. Well, well, well mysticism. <laughs> Got booted out in Skyrim. So. Yeah. No, still here. Yeah. Um, Coming back. That's because the Isle of Artaeum or whatever disappeared. So. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Wait again? <laughs> yeah, they do this a lot. Yeah, they they bugger off and do other things for a while. Personally, yeah. I think that the the uh, the, uh, the 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 Sigic Order just spends all their time in a TARDIS and they occasionally just disappear to other realms. Fuck well, yeah. uh, there is more there too. Actually. <laughs> Uh, uh, there's there's something there that that could be touched on. Uh, in the, I mean, we could go on about the Sigits a whole podcast, but I mean, probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think so. With the rise of the the uh, the Thalmor and the Aldmeri Dominion, uh, it probably makes sense that they wanted to get out of Dodge. Exactly. Uh, from what yeah. I understand about the Sigic Order, they're not really into this whole Anuic. Let's uh, make the Mundus plan. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah, I don't seem to care about that at all. So what would you say is uh, is a endeavor? Because I don't know. I've never figured that one out. Um, does uh, 
<laughs> yeah, I think it. I think it's kind of. I think it's related to Amaranth, or it, may, it might be related to Chim. I, I can't remember. I remember reading, doing a lot of reading and research into it, and coming up with a really good conclusion. And then I didn't fucking write it down. So then we drink too much, anymore. and you killed those brain cells. Yeah. Because I figured out what uh, I, I sort of know what the prologue tower is, uh, but I'm no fucking clue. Yeah. Really? Well, Absolutely. we can talk about that. Now my area of expertise. Yeah, can of worms that for a new one. Yeah, that's all can of worms. The walking ways. Mm. Yay. <laughs> uh, weaving de- de- defects. Um, okay. <laughs> So uh, I'm going to say that we're done. <laughs> this was a relatively short one. It was 45 minutes. I think we did pretty good. I think I think we did for, for a given value. Good. 45 minutes of talking about nothing. That's talking about that's, that's exactly. You beat me do that joke. I was going to hey, say that joke. You beat me Seinfeld to it. Seinfeld <laughs> did it for nine years. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have to talk about Sith. Guys, that's a different thing. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to talk about Sith? All right. Anyway. Um, all right. Oh, man. These pretzels are making me thirsty. All right. Um, so uh, we'll be back again next month for sure. Everybody be good. Happy waitress. We'll be here all week. Not Bye-bye. being good at all.